mind, and if you're going to be dealing with the mind, it always is going to have to do with choices. We need to choose what we are going to do with our mind. The Bible is very clear. The mind can be used for some very bad things. The mind also is used by God in very positive, godly, and biblical ways. The mind is the bottom line. When I started this series of sermons, I don't know how long ago that was, I said that the word admonish or admonition is the key word when we counsel people, when we disciple people, when we do those things. Admonish means to place into the mind. It is not what you do that's the starting point. It's not your emotions. It's not what somebody else told you. It is your mind. That's how God primarily, not the only way, but primarily works to change our lives. He will give us what we need to place into our mind. But we need to make the choices to live it out and to believe it and to place our faith in that. And so there is indeed a battle going on. And the battle is for your mind. That battle is um, several-sided. On the one side, there is your human nature, your sin. I'm not, not your human nature, I'm sorry. Your sin nature inside of you. That's the one we're going to primarily talk about today. There is the whole world system that is against everything that God stands for. And then there is the deceiver himself, the devil, Satan, and his horde of fallen angels, evil spirits. There's a battle. On the other side, and they, their battle is to control your mind, to put into your mind. Remember, I'm afraid lest as the serpent deceived Eve that your minds be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. That is the battle on that side. And then on the other side, there is the Word of God. God the Father Himself. Jesus Christ, the one who made it all possible. And then God the Holy Spirit, who wants to teach us and guide us and lead us in every way to be honoring and glorifying to Him. Indeed, the real battle is not some addiction or some relationship or one or anything else you can think of. The real battle is right here in your mind. That real estate is expensive real estate, and two sides are fighting for that. You and only you can make the choice which direction your mind goes. There is a battle going on. I have in my Bible, uh, in this uh, book, from probably almost 20 years ago, I have a a little post-it note that simply says, the battle is not defeat. You quit, you're defeated. But if you keep fighting, you haven't lost. That's what Gina just told you. It's a battle, right Gina? It's a battle, no doubt about it. But the battle, just because you're in a battle, doesn't mean you're defeated. In fact is, if you're in a battle, it means that you have the possibility of choosing victory. Choosing what the Holy Spirit, what the Word of God, what Jesus Christ is doing for you. You have that. 
The mind is not good or bad. It is the instrument that God has given for you to make choices. I've said it many times, and I say it two different ways. If my attitude is right, the world is right. And if my mind is right, the world is right. I think you might know that one. If I have the right mindset, and we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. If I have the right mindset, even hard things are just simply a challenge, and I'm going to win. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And then you wake up one morning, and you have a lousy mindset. And the littlest tiny thing sets you down to the floor. You understand that one? Because that's how it works. Our mind is a very powerful, God-given thing. And the way we choose to use it makes all the difference. As we continue to look at these things, uh, I believe you will see that. Dealing with the same set of issues and circumstances... The guy in front of you who some days at my desk, I go, God, why in the world do you use me? I am the lousiest guy who ever lived. I am the worst pastor who ever lived. Why in the world would you choose me? And that is not false humility. I literally think that some days. I really do. Because I'm like, I got really nothing to offer. And then he reminds me, you're right, Paul. You can't do it. But I can get your head straight, get your mind thinking in the right direction. In fact, I've been told about the same issue, that I was strong, stubborn, and steadfast. All about the same issue. You see, it all comes down to if somebody would agree with me. Well, if they disagree with me, then I'm just simply stubborn. If somebody agrees with me, hey, you're strong and steadfast. Man, keep it up, pastor. You know, go for it i got to look at that and say, you know what? My mind is the only thing that matters. Do I know that I'm doing what God has already shown me from the Word? He's given us what we need. Am I going to base it on that? And am I going to make the choices to follow what I already know is true? And if I don't know, am I going to spend the time to look it up and find out what it is? And I need to do that. With that as a little bit of a background to get started, look in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and we're going to look at verse 11 Uh, as, as we look at this. Because if you're going to counsel or teach or disciple or any of those types of things, you yourself must have a sound mind. That is a logical, rational, sober thinking mind not clouded by the world or clouded by substances or clouded by the opinions of people or the the way the wind is blowing today. It needs to be a sound mind. I'd like you to take you through this because if you're going to be able to help someone else, you better have your own mind in a stable, secure position. Notice what it says, and we're going to pick this up at verse 11. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest to God, and I hope we are made manifest also in your consciousnesses. Consciousness. Many people have uh, looked at this and said, well, that's an evangelistic verse. They have also failed to acknowledge the context. The context is 
the rest of the chapter, in particular before that, in verse 10, it says that we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ and we must give an answer for the deeds that we have done in our body and the way I translate it, were they worthwhile or worthless? In other words, as a believer, so this is given to believers, is as a believer, have I used what God has given me in a useful way or have I frittered it away and I haven't used it to make an impact in the world around me and to make an impact in my own life? Have have I used what God has given me? And uh, we need to answer that question is, yeah, I have done what God asked me to do. I have a clear conscience. I have a sound mind before God. And as a result, I can turn around and help somebody else. Do you ever notice you can't help someone else if your life is a mess? I've seen it over and over and over and over again. People will tell me, I want, I want to be in ministry and I want to do this and I want to do this. And their life is a shambles. Their mind is clouded by everything and anything. And they never are able to move forward. It's sad. And it really is sad. As a pastor, I want everyone to use what God has given them to the fullest. I mean, really to the fullest, to the maximum. But until we have a sober mind, a sound mind, we cannot do that. I cannot do that. And that is absolutely what I was talking about earlier, because sometimes I start thinking, Lord, I have nothing to offer. How in the world am I going to help anyone else? And the answer is, I don't really on my own, but through Christ I do. In fact, is the second part of that verse simply says, but we are made manifest to God, and I hope we are made manifest also in your consciousness. The thing is, God knows us inside and out. He doesn't have to give us a test or anything else. He knows exactly how we are. He knows how we think. He knows everything about us. But if you have a sound mind, you don't have to hide. You can be manifest to other people. Manifest simply means to reveal or to make clear or make to appear. God knows us inside and out. But if you have a sound mind, you don't have a double mind. James, in James chapter 1, says it this way. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And then it goes on to say, he's like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed. If you have a sound mind, that's not where you're at. Because you know what you believe, you live what you believe, you, you, you carry and it gives you that stability in life. And then from a position of stability and security, you can reach out and help someone else. That's why when someone is drowning, they say, don't jump in and try to save them because they're probably going to take you down with them. You have to be on solid ground and put something out and pull them in. That's what God wants for us. He wants our minds to be solid and secure. And he goes on to say in verse 12, and that's not on the screen, we are not again commending ourselves to you, but are giving you an occasion to be proud of us so that you will have an answer for those who take pride in appearance and not in heart. It's not about outward appearances, folks. Never has been, never will be. He said, I want you to be able to be proud of me. And that is not a negative thing. Pride usually is, hey, look at me. I'm the only one. I'm the best. No, no. Pride in this sense is used in that I have used 
and put into practice everything God has given me. And so you can look and say, yeah, you did a good job. You're using what God has given you, and you're using it to the fullest. That's what he wants us to do. Verse 13 says, For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are of sound mind, it is for you. And now we're back to that whole sound mind thing. Is If I am beside ourselves, it, that means you look a little crazy. Truth is, if you are going to follow the Lord, you are going to look a little weird. Peculiar is a word that God used in the Bible of us. We're peculiar people. We just don't fit the world's mold. We are different. Our minds are thinking different. We don't care if it's your opinion. You can have an opinion all you want. You can have an axe to grind if you want, but we're going to stick with the truth. We're going to be solid or strong or steadfast. And yes, it's going to look like you're stubborn at times. By the way, if you're stubborn for the sake of stubborn, you're wrong. That's just a bad thing. But you know what? It's, if we look a little weird, it is that we have a sound mind, we are different than everyone else, and notice where it goes, it is for you. You need to have a sound mind if you're going to reach out to other people and help them. And why do we know that? Verse 14 goes on, For the love of Christ controls us. Having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died, and he died for all, so that they who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Notice what that says. If you're in it for yourself, and I don't care if it's just your own personal life or your ministry, it's not about you. I have, uh, for years, I have told people, when you're in ministry, it's never about you. And I hope people like you, and I hope it's a, a, you know, you're a friendly person and personable and all those kinds of things. It's never about you. It's always about the other person. It will mean that you go out of your way and you're going to look a little weird at times. It absolutely will be that way. And you're going to be the oddball. You're going to be the odd man out. Everybody else is going to say one thing and you're saying, no, no, no. The the word says this. And I know that and I practice it. My mind is straight. It's solid. It's secure. It's stable, stable and sober. And I can take that stand. That's where you need to be. That's where I need to be. You want to ask me if my mind is always there? You don't have to ask. I'll tell you. It is not. And if you don't believe that, oh, she's not sitting here now, but you, all you have to do is ask my wife. Ask my kids. My kids are here. You can ask them. Is that always solid in his mind and sober in his mind? Uh, no, and it's not because I drink. I don't drink, and I don't do drugs, and I don't do those things. But, boy, I'll tell you, you don't have to do those things to have a messed up head. And you know what? When my mind is messed up, I have nothing to offer to help anyone else. And that's not for, look at me, look what I did. No, it's because we do it because someone died and rose again for me and for all of us and those that we haven't even looked at, uh, even talked to yet. That's where we want to go. But I need to move on. Because the Word of God, and turn to uh, Romans chapter 7. We're going to spend the rest of the time in Romans chapter 7. We're going to go right into 8. 
The original does not have chapters and verses, and you need to see this as one whole thought pattern. I'm not even going to go to the beginning of 7, which would even be better yet, because I don't have time to do that, and that's not my purpose this morning. But our mind determines the direction we take as Christians. There are those that have proposed that the Apostle Paul here in Romans chapter 7 and 8 is as talking about himself before he was a Christian. That is absolutely not in the context. It's not possible. Because if you're unsaved, you do not have a battle going on in your mind. You only have one nature, and that is the old nature. There is no battle. This can only be true, as you read through it, if you have a new nature that is from God. It is absolutely perfect. It cannot change. It is from God. It's His nature given to us at the time of salvation. It can never never do anything wrong. On the other hand, we, and I don't know what you've been taught, but I'm going to tell you a shorthand version of it, is that the old nature never goes away. It can never be uh, renovated. It can never be changed. It's not reformed. And it's there, and it'll be there until the day you are in heaven, face-to-face with Christ, and you're away from the presence of sin. Until that day, there's a battle going on. Remember, the battle does not mean defeat. It simply means that you're in the battle. You are a warrior at the When you look at it that way, and that's just the background for where we're going to go, and I'm going to pick it up in... Uh, verse 21, uh, and it says there, I find then the principle that evil is present in me, the one who wants to do good. The Apostle Paul said, there's a battle going on inside of me, and that principle is evil. That's the old nature, the sin nature. Sometimes it's called the flesh, and it is uh, several times. For I joyfully concur with the law of God in the inner man, But I see a different law in the members of my body, waging war. You'll notice I highlighted it. Waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin, which is in my members. Only a true Christian can have this battle. Otherwise, you just have an old nature. I've said many times in my office in counseling, the most miserable person in the world is not an unbeliever. They only have one nature, and they don't have a battle. They just they don't know any better. They're really ignorant and, and absent of knowing ultimate truth from God. So, yeah, they can have misery in their lives and all those kinds of things, no doubt about it. But they don't have a battle. The most miserable person in the world is a believer who knows the truth, has a new nature, and is living according to the old nature. Their conscience, alternately accusing or defending them, Romans chapter 2, is saying, Paul, you're wrong. That's not right. Yellow flag, red flag, stop, halt. You're wrong. You're miserable. Because you have the opportunity to live for Christ, to live a godly life, a glorifying life, but you're living like the old nature. That's a problem. And it always will be a problem. 
He said, Paul said, there's a battle going on inside of me. It's that new nature. It's waging war against the law of my mind. In this case, the mind is used in a very positive way. It's going to be used in a negative way in the future here in a minute. But right here, it's like, no, the law of my mind is waging war against that other law of sin, which is in my body, in my members. And then he ends this, and you all know this next verse, verse 24. Wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the body of this death? Who will set me free? I'm wretched. I'm miserable. I'm distressed. It's causing me all kinds of grief. Who's going to set me free? You're not going to be able to do it on your own. You've tried that in the past. It never did work. Oh, you can have those little bleeps where you do something right. But without Christ, you have nothing. Notice the answer in verse 25. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, on the one hand, I, with my mind, am serving the law of God. I'm thinking right. I'm thinking biblically. I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to change me and mold me and shape me. But, on the other hand, with my flesh, the law of sin. Only Jesus Christ. I choose Christ. That's why I was so glad Gina was singing that song this morning. I choose Christ. If you followed a lot of the other songs that the praise team led us in, you'll notice that whole thing. We need to make a choice. I need to make the choice for me. And when we deal with other people, we challenge them. Not simply to have knowledge. Not simply to get some of the outside window dressing in order. But to change the mind. What principle am I going to live by? My mind is going to decide what direction I go. Jesus used something similar to this, and it was not the same, so I want to make that clear. But he said, there's a broad way that leads to destruction. It's easy. Anybody can do it. Default mode. Go the broad way. On the other hand, there's the narrow way. Not as easy. You've got to... Got to purposefully, mindfully make a choice to go into that gate and follow on that path. Same principle. If you say, well, I'm just going to kind of go in neutral. Is no such thing. You go in neutral, you go to default mode, which is the old nature. That's the one you were born with. But you need to make a choice to make the right direction, uh, to have the right direction. Now, notice I said we're going to skip right through there because while there's a chapter heading there, it's not in the original. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you, notice, free from the law of sin and of death. Something you need to know. Something that's very important. And people mix two words together. They mix up the word condemnation and the word conviction. And they they mess that up. A couple of very stark differences. Condemnation is never from God. That's Satan. He says, you're lousy, you're worthless, you're no good, and you can never change that. There's no hope. Your life's done. 
Conviction is from God. It says, yeah, you're wrong. So a lot of the same things. That's why they get mixed up. Was, yeah, you're wrong. But I've, I've helped you. I've died for you for that one. You can change. Your mindset can change. Can change. Everything can change. Conviction says, stop. There's something you need to do. Oh, and by the way, you can't do it on your own. I've already done it for you. Look what it says. Continue on following with me, if you will. Verse 2. I'm sorry, verse 3. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did, sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And as an offering for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. See, there's no condemnation for those who have trusted Christ. Why? Because sin has been condemned for believers. Can a hallelujah or an amen or a hey, that's great? Anybody? I don't know. Whatever. It is. It's great. No doubt about it. He says it's already been taken care of. He goes on to say that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. Now look at what verse 5 says. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Notice I said before the, the mind can be used both, or, both directions. Your mind can be set on the old nature. And you will live and act and make decisions based on the old nature. That's what it says. For those who are according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh. But those who are according to the Spirit, and I've added the words, set their minds, because that's insinuated in the text, insinuated, that, but those who are according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. It's a completely different mindset. That, by the way, that is the word that is used here. It's a different word for mind. It means a mindset. Remember I started out by saying if my mind is right, everything else is right? That's this word. If I have a right mindset, it's just a challenge. If you were in my shop the last yesterday, um, I was myself and another guy were putting together a new piece of equipment, and I'm telling you, in the last couple of days, it took me to my very edge because nothing would work. And by the way, it wasn't mechanical; it was electronic. And it got down to, and some of you who know anything about mechanics, it got down to a spark plug. We didn't know this. You had to read through pages and pages. There were 17 pages of uh, frequently asked questions. Page 10 said, you can't run your engine with a regular spark plug. You have to have a resistor spark plug in. Change the spark plug, it changed everything. One little spark plug. Don't ask me how that works, but it did. It totally messed the computer up, and there were a few other things that were wrong. Just one little thing. We got that right. But my mind was, ah, you know, and we went and we said, okay. In fact, as I said, we got to go eat lunch. And then when we're done with lunch, we're going to get on the computer. And Google does work. I think somebody said about Googling something earlier today. You know, we Google it. There it is. Change the spark plug. We changed the spark plug. We actually had to add something else. You know what? I could have said, I quit. I'm done. Remember I said people say I'm stubborn and steadfast and strong and a few other things all about the same thing? Sometimes I'm glad I'm stubborn <laughs> because eventually it works out because I can't stand not having an answer. That's true when I study the Bible, and it's true in life. 
I need to have a mind that's set for these purposes for the sermon, set on the things of the Spirit, because He's going to lead me in the right direction. My mind is going to be solid and stable and secure and sober. Most of the things in this world are coming right down to that. A number of years ago, I had the privilege of working with a lady. This lady is no longer with us. She came to Garden Chapel for a number of years, but uh, she had pretty much what you would say if you knew her, and some of you did, uh, knew her. She had what people would say every problem in the book. She had physical problems. She had mental problems. She had spiritual problems. She had everything. And you know what? It all had to do with the mindset. I worked with her over and over again. Everything from going to her house to actually taking her to the hospital. I, I landed up one day at night at, at Garden Chapel having to call the police because uh, she threatened somebody at the church. I mean, it was, but you know what? As I worked with her, here's what I found out, that her mindset was all that mattered. Because when she started out, she was on all kinds of psychoactric drugs and all those kinds of things. But when she would get her mind right, she functioned normally, very normally. And as soon as she allowed her mind to go back to something bad that happened in the past, she allowed condemnation to come in. She allowed, and the big one was unforgiveness. We'll spend a couple of sermons on that in the future. Unforgiveness come back in. She would turn into a completely different, uh, a different person. The doctors described it, uh, uh, yeah, described it and uh, named it uh, bipolar. It was a matter of a mindset. You see, she had gone into the hospital for some horrible thing inside of her. I can't remember what it was, and she was in the hospital. And her husband, they never had a good marriage to start with. Her husband took custody of their child. And after that, she would never forgive her husband. And when she allowed that unforgiveness to get in there, her mind was totally in the wrong direction. And as a result, she went downhill. Then I would work with her for a while, and she'd get her mind straight, and she would start acting normal again. The mind is a powerful, powerful, powerful thing. It is the primary way that God works in us. And I know that he, his spirit bears witness with our spirit. So I'm not, a, a, I, I also, but when it comes to the things that we're talking about right now, it's the mind. I need to have a mind that's according to the spirit, according to the word of God. If I had let my mind dwell on the wrong things, the things that Satan would bring, the condemnations and the wrong things, I'm going that direction. The direction my mind goes is the direction my life goes. So whether it's you and wanting to help somebody else, you have to have a sober mind, a solid mind. A mind that's thinking in a logical, rational, biblical way. Because you will not be able to help anyone else. And when you deal with other people, it comes down to the mind. I need to give them the information and the challenge and the encouragement that they can make right choices, that they can exercise their mind. God won't force you to do what is right. The Satan can't make you do what is wrong. You have to decide that. 
And how can you decide that? How can that work? Because if you apply what we know to be true from the Bible, there is no condemnation. You've been set free. But there is a battle going on. And you can choose if you're going to win that battle or you're going to lose. If you quit, you've already lost. Oh, you can also make the willful choice to live by the old nature. Unfortunately, a lot of miserable Christians in the world today because they're choosing to live the old way. But I praise the Lord and I challenge, I encourage you, make those choices. Last week we talked about getting into the Word of God. We talked about Josiah and how it changed him and changed everything. This fits right on the heels of that. Get in the Word. Let it work. Gina gave her testimony. She got into the Word. She got into the Word. She meditated on the things that God brought into her life. And because of that, she can function. She can move forward. I challenge you. I don't know what the issue is in your life. It needs to be a right mind. A solid, stable, sober, rational, logical, biblical thinking mind. That is what we have to offer to other people because that's what God has given us to offer them. Let's all stand together as we close. Father, thank you for the mind that you have given us. And like almost everything else in this world, it can either be used to carry out the desires of the flesh, to think according to the old nature, to go along with the world or allow Satan to influence us in the wrong direction, to deceive us. And Lord, what you've showed us today is you've made it possible for our mind to be strong, to make right choices, choices that glorify you, choices that make it possible for us to help other people. And Father, as we deal with other people, I pray that we would always challenge them not to live by their emotions, not to live by the flow of the world around them, but to live by the right choices, the biblical choices, the godly choices, the good choices that they make with their mind. Lord, I know that you've made it clear to us that the mind is what determines the direction we go. And I pray that our ministry would work in that direction. And Lord, as we always talk about, it's not simply to fix a problem or to change something on the outside. But Lord, the end of all ministry is that the person that we're ministering to would be more complete in Jesus Christ, more mature in their relationship with Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you for reminding us of that this morning. And we praise you for it all through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. God bless. Go with God and be of sound mind.